Welcome to the 254th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on October 13th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's staring right at me uncomfortably, Carlos Rodella. Oh no, we're, we're partially on video and it's freaking us both out. It's making me very uneasy right now, sir. Don't be uneasy, it's just me. But you brought it up and now I feel even more uneasy because we're talking about it. Wait, let's just talk about the word uneasy. That's a very strange word. How uneasy is the word uneasy? It's very uneasy. That's why it's, that's why it's that word. If you say a word enough times, it just it doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Like uneasy, uneasy. That's weird sounding now. Yeah, they do kind of like melt in your brain if you say them more than a couple times in a row. Hey, I have something really interesting for housekeeping. Okay. Wait, this is not how we start housekeeping. This is totally not how we start housekeeping. I was, I was waiting for you to say what you had for housekeeping, and then we would start housekeeping, and then you would say it. Right. Video's thrown us off already. Yeah, this is this is weird. Okay, let's just do it. Okay, folks. Uh... I guess you. I guess by seeing this video, you are now keyed into the secret that we don't actually live in the same house, and that we don't separate our oh, living room no. with duct tape. You had this this peek behind the curtain, and now there's no coming back. Genie's out of the bottle. But we will continue with the pretense just for the purposes of this show. Uh, I have stuff on my side. Do I? No, I don't. I have nothing on my side. Carlos, what is on your side for housekeeping this week? Well, something very interesting and actually perfect for video is that I went to um, Bellevue recently and was walking around there doing a freelance video shoot and noticed there was a Barnes and Nobles. So I bought myself a video game magazine. Wow. Are there still game magazines in print these days? Yes. Now, Edge is some places. Uh, that's the magazine in the UK that we get imported yeah. over here. Uh, I've seen that before. We see, you know, a lot of those kind of best of Fortnite tricks books or whatever like tip guides or something i don't really count those you know i, I mean, don't those, count those either yeah yeah but every once in a while you'll get like a pc gamer which is what i'm showing on the camera right now uh for our audio listeners and i always like this one because you know i have a, a little bit more souped of a pc now you don't like the pc i know that yeah you know but you know me you i know you but i can actually play a bunch of games now uh my processor is not that bad so it's fun to go through and it just brings me back to my childhood of I miss magazines. I really still like them. I don't you like if you ever find one. I mean, I haven't seen one in print for quite a while. The most recent one that I got was um, Game in, Game Informer. Yeah, that's the one that's run by GameStop. But I stopped going to GameStop. Stopped going to GameStop. Stopped going to. GameStop. And I stopped getting the magazine. And to be perfectly honest with you, man, like I used to get. I mean, I used to be like Mister Game Magazine. I used to go to the store, pick up whatever's on the rack. I subscribed to like literally everyone that was possible to subscribe to. I still have them all. I have like boxes and boxes of like I guess oh. vintage magazines now. Yeah. Um, so I still have them, but I mean, towards the end, like the last couple years, or probably even longer than that now, I'm dating myself. But I kind of stopped reading them because once I was on Twitter and once I was like, you know, getting emails from people in a PR sense, like by the time I read a magazine, like the news was so old. Yeah. It didn't really, you know, mean a lot to me. And I would sometimes read some of the articles. Every once in a while, there'd be a cool article like, oh, behind the scenes with so and so, or here's a look at the development of something something. You know, those were okay, but like I just. I kind of just fell off them before they died, honestly. Yeah, I, I always liked them for what you just said, like, because, you know, I would um, get a meal and, like, sit down with a meal somewhere. Like, say I was out and about, 
uh, in the olden days when you went out and about more often. I don't even and, know uh, what you're saying. <laughs> and, you know, I went to the mall as a kid, and I would get the video game magazine, and I would eat my Taco Bell, and I'd, you know, read through the newest video games that were coming out. And like you said, it was a, a moment in time, right? Like totally, totally. Any tweet or anything online can tell us what we probably, you know, is old news in the game magazine. But that being said, even now, even to this day, I like that kind of pairing together of like something in my hand that's tangible while I'm sitting down eating. Like I just like that concept of like, you know, investigating a little article. And like you said, there's like behind the scenes at a studio or something. So I like that concept and I still enjoy it to this day. So I mean, I enjoy it too. You know, it's, it's funny because um, I, if I had the choice, I mean, I do like to have, like, hold on to a magazine or a book or something. You know, like, for example, um, you know, we've been recently talking about how I've been getting back into He-Man figures as a way of coping with, like, the sucking depression and anxiety deep within my soul right now. Um, and it works great, by the way. But um, I got some, you know, I, there's any number of uh, sites you can go to online where it's like, oh, if you want to check out uh, a complete checklist of the he-man figures there's like 10 different websites you can go to with like super detailed hd photos and you can check it out but it's like i bought a book instead because i just liked holding it and like turning the pages and kind of looking right. at it so i think there's definitely something to the the physical aspect of it uh, i agree with that for sure yeah the tangible part of it yeah, um yeah kind of a follow-up uh, to that barnes and noble story when i went there though there was like you said very few video game magazines and i thought it's weird because they are the one last bastion of like where you can go buy a magazine. Oh yeah. And they had a whole section dedicated to puzzle magazines, like Crosswords or Us and sure. whatever Sudoku. But there were so many and there was like two video game magazines and I was like, which one of these businesses are doing better right now? I think it's games. So I mean for sure, but like look at what the need is though, right? Everybody's playing games is connected online just like we are. And people who are doing Sudoku, I mean I mean, everybody plays Sudoku. I don't want to, like, stereotype or anything. But, like, you know, people need to take something on a plane. They want something on a bus. They want something to do when they're bored at work. And that can only, you know, I mean, I guess you can do it on your phone or whatever. But I can see yeah. the appeal of just, like, whipping out a little Sudoku book or, or crossword mm. or something, you know? I still, I'm going to, like, go down in flames with the idea of a magazine and, and want it forever. And I still can't understand the concept why, uh, yeah, we still don't have more of them. But anyways, I digress. And anytime I can see it, find a video game magazine, I'm going to buy it. So that's what I got to say about that. There you go. There you go. What else you got uh, on your side? I have a few more things on my side of the video your screen. Your virtual side. Yes, I know. Well, by the way, we do have a house. Let's not ruin the mystique. It's just not on the video today. Sure. Let's say that. Let's say that because it's yes, true. Yes, and. Yes, and. And that's Thank what we're doing. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Normally, I mean, I Brett... am in a house. I mean, that's true. I, I definitely live in a structure. I'm not out well, on the street podcasting on a corner or anything, so that's Let's true. just say we have a third house. It is the, still the house of the housekeeping. Uh, sure, okay. Um, the other thing I was going <clears> to <throat> say is um, I saw this trending on Twitter. It's, you know, some of these don't make any sense to me, but it's just like the gamer slash their favorite game, and that's just trending for some reason. And then when I looked about, thought about it for a second, I was like, wait, what is my favorite game? Huh. Like, I don't think we've talked about that on the show too much. We've said, like, favorite genres favorite games in a genre but like literally if you had to pick one i don't know what i'd pick that's very tough because i mean everybody is a different kind of gamer and so everybody likes different things from their games i mean i'm definitely more of a goals oriented gamer where i like to be on a journey i like to have a beginning middle and an end and when i finish a game i mean i love rolling credits when i finish a game i it's really rare that i come back to anything very, very rare. So I, right. it would be I don't tough think you for me to, to pick just back. one. 
Yeah, I don't think you have to go back to the game to say that's your favorite. Is that I what mean, you mean? I mean, maybe, because I think to me, in my mind, something that is a favorite is, it, it, maybe that's not correct. Maybe I'm even starting on the wrong premise, but something that I wouldn't mind playing again or something that I would want to revisit. I mean, something to me that would be just like really stand the test of time. Because I have lots of games that I love, go through them once and then I move on. But like, what really defines a favorite then? I mean, it's, it's tough to say. Well, what's, I would, what's your answer? Yeah, I would say it's something like that you had the, the best experience with going through it. It's almost like a favorite movie or favorite book. That's true. Okay. You know? Okay. So, like, I put a couple down just, like, thinking about it. Like, I think we both love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And, I do. And we spent so much time in that world, you know? So that's another kind of, like, I think, asterisk. Like, which is your favorite game because you spent the most time in it? That's another, you know, attribute. Um, and, like, obviously I always say Earthbound, but that was, like, of the era. And so, you know, I've played better experiences since then. Um, and then I think about Fallout and Skyrim, which I've loved those worlds a lot but i don't know if i have like one that i just can point to it's really tough because i like different things about different games right i mean i you know i mean the mass effect trilogy that's probably always going to yeah. be the top for me because i had such a great time going all the way through it i have not replayed it i don't think i probably ever will but i still like it uh witcher 3 i love witcher going 3. through that i yeah. mean that's got to be i mean that's definitely like in my top three of all time just Geralt is a great character. The supporting cast is great. I love Yennefer and Triss and all those people. And, um, you know, going through that whole adventure. I mean, I think it, not necessarily that the hour count is what defines it, but I think I probably played that game for like pretty close to 200 hours, which was so did good. I. Yeah, because yeah. we all did all the DLC. Me and you both did yeah. every bit yeah. of DLC. I yeah. mean, Helldivers for sure. I love that game like just you forever and ever. Helldivers. I love Helldivers. And, you know, honestly, it's got to be. Marvel Puzzle Quest. That's got to be at the top for me, That's even though true. it seems like a rando choice. But like, I've played that game more than any other game in my entire life, dude. I've played that game for lit like seven point five years, and Jeez. I don't even know how many hours I've put into it. And please don't ask me how much I've spent on it. So that's, I mean, if you're going by those metrics, that's number one by a mile. Yeah. Well, by the way, in that same vein, like Skyrim. I like lived in Skyrim for years and years and years, and then when it remastered and came back out, I went back in. And, you know, it's like, I didn't think I'd go back in, but I did. So I would say Skyrim's up there for me. And also, like you said, Witcher 3, I spent 200-plus hours in that game. And then I just thought of GTA, of course, because GTA 5, I know you didn't play it, but, like, I did live in that world for a long time. Mm. Um, and that's why so many people do, you know, still live in the GTA Online world because right, it's, right. it's a good world that they created. So, anyways, that's how I bring it up. It's interesting. And that's it. So well, we just, kind to, of just to, it. we kind of answered it, but just to play off that, just really quickly, tangent. Speaking of GTA, uh, we watched uh, Free Guy a couple days ago after oh, you good. said that it was good. You know, we took your advice and rented it. I mean, that game is. I mean, granted, I have not spent more than five seconds watching videos of GTA Online, but like as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this has got to be GTA Online is what they're talking about, right. like the basis of like the whole world. And I mean, that aside, I thought it was very. It, it was very good. Like, it was much better than I was expecting because most video game movies are terrible. Uh, but it was good. Ryan Reynolds is good. He's he's making some very good choices with his roles recently. And he's very tuned in to, like, the geek vibe. Like, he's making some smart choices, which is great. Wait, is he calling um, you right now? He is. He heard me say that I was I was praising oh him. He's calling goodness. me on my private line. Well, answer it. I, yeah, yeah, he talks You're not too much. He I don't want to talk to him right now. He's a nice guy, but, like, you know, it's kind of awkward. I, I would have answered the call is all I'm saying. Uh, Ryan. You know, he's he's... I, I don't have time for Ryan right now. Later, later. Okay, um, okay, okay. But it was a good movie. Like, it was funny. The nods were pretty good. I felt like, you know, the little uh, bits and pieces they took from other games were pretty good. I mean, yeah, it was... It was. Um, 
a much better film than I was expecting. So that was definitely a thumbs up for sure. Did you see that part that I was talking about and the fact that there's this huge undercurrent uh, plot about indie games, really? About indie games? Refresh yeah. my memory a little bit. So basically the, the two uh, characters are in the movie who developed oh, the uh, developers, basic, yeah. basic yeah, uh, properties of that game were getting like screwed by the major developer. Right, right, or The right. big publisher, big developer. And their game was a game that I want to play in real life, which is like a really interesting, you know, me, AI, NPC-driven sure. game. Sure. And so, yeah, they were like getting screwed. And basically that's kind of what the crux of the movie's about, which I yeah. think is a, a cool uh, hook. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I thought the whole thing was really well done. And, you know, of course, you have to let go of certain things just to kind of keep the movie going along. But overall, I thought it was really good, really enjoyable. I mean, everybody in the family really liked it a lot. So Cool, cool, cool. Good times. Um, two more things on my house side of my housekeeping. House side? Your house side? On the your video's side? doing yeah. it. I think it's the video. <laughs> Uh, well, good. Let's let's uh, blame everything else we say for the rest of the episode on the video. On the video, okay, done. Uh, so I was thinking about scary games I can play. We're going to talk about a couple of them today on the show. Um, I asked somebody on TikTok because you know I'm on the TikToks, and this user Applesass199 said, "Oh, to, I like that name, Applesass. I know. That's cute." I uh, said I should try Outlast one and two, and you Ooh, know those. Yeah. Those are ones everyone says are really, really scary, and I'm looking for something scary because I generally don't get scared, and I think they're both on Game Pass. Oh, you know, they probably are. I think I remember seeing those, and I just being yeah. like, nope, because nope. I remember when they came out, and it was like the whole disempowerment genre, getting chased, running away in dark places, like, fuck all of that, dude. I want no part of that, but well, go that's ahead and funny. check it out. That's funny you should say that because in the comments we were talking, and I was like, what I would love is a horror game that's also an RPG. Now I know there's like uh, Black uh, Thorn, well, not Black Thorn. Um, what's the famous one? Blackthorn. It's not Black Thorn. Black Thorn. That's not. That's. that's a, I think it's an uh, SNES game. Um, it, is, it is, but that's not what you're talking about. Bloodborne. 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 Oh, that's not really an RPG though. I mean, it's like more actiny, Dark Soulsy kind of thing. Actiony, Dark Souls. Okay, but basically, I like. I don't like disempowerment either, but I do like creepy. Right, and so mm. that's what's interesting. I'd love to have a hybrid. Where like I could actually feel like the character is a little bit empowered, but then also scary. And I know that's kind of Resident Evil. Sort of, but, yeah. I mean, um, I would I would be interested in exploring more horror RPGs. I'm trying to think yeah. of um, what out there is a horror RPG ish. I mean, maybe like Parasite Eve two, sort of, but that's like a million years old. Nobody knows about that. Yeah, um, nothing new. I can't think of anything. Nothing. New like yeah, that. nothing recently new. Like it's all like first person in dark hallways, which is just like so fucking boring to me. And I just have no. No interest in that. I would love to do, like, you know, like a turn-based, like, uh, Cthulhu-esque or something. There's been some... Nope, those were action, too. Oh, those are... remember that third-person Cthulhu game came out, and we didn't like it at all. The Sinking right? City was no good. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it had action elements, even though it was kind of like an RPG. But it's it wasn't like how I think we're thinking of it right now. Like, I, Yeah, yeah. What is the... What is the um, oh, gosh. It was on PS1. It was an RPG. It definitely had horror elements main guy his name was yuri i think and he had like a werewolf and there was a train and roger bacon was like the main bad guy oh it was like so i have no idea oh and it spawned like three or four sequels and one of the sequels it had like um god i want to say it was like a gay wrestling vampire and it just spiraled off into like camp you are it, like losing me on everything oh you talk about with it with it hearts of no oh my god i can't believe hearts it. of hearts darkness? of darkness no. no that's not it carnage heart no that's not it well, oh, it was one of my favorite games back in the day, and I was just—I haven't played it for twenty years, and so I've forgotten what it is. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Keep talking. Look it up, and I have one more thing for my housekeeping. Yes. So the last thing is, um, 
I have two last things. I'm sorry, I lied. One, speaking of horror games that are kind of creepy, um, I'm thank you to Skill Up on YouTube, who I watch his channel all the time. He reminded me about this game that I talked about on this show with you that I thought you would like. It's called Inscription. Remember I've heard about this. Yeah, it's only on PC right now, but I definitely have my eye on it. It seems pretty cool. It's out by Devolver Digital. Uh, the demo's out now at the time of this recording. I think only on PC, maybe. We should check. Yeah, it's just PC for right now. I can confirm okay. that for sure. Uh, but then it's out next week, like straight up out, released next week. That's so, exciting. And it comes from, who are the developers? Because the developers had a hit recently. What was the... You can look it up. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. I'm looking, I'm looking up that other thing first. Oh, my God. Okay, well, while you're doing that, I'll explain what it is to our listeners. Yeah, it's a ahead. horror game. It's an escape room game. It's also a roguelike card game. So you're basically looking at a table that's a map. And then you do card battles with like to fight monsters and stuff and like rats. But then you're in this huge like kind of creepy room first person. And like you've got to get out of that room. So it's kind of a game within a game. It looks very a, cool. It looks very cool. A gameception. Gameception. Shadow Hearts is what I was trying to think of. Shadow Hearts. Oh, I know that game. Shadow yes. Hearts is kind of a horror with like more traditional RPG. Um, it came from Kudelka, which was the game before that, which connects to it. That was also horror kind of RPG. Um, and Shadow Hearts got pretty kooky by the end of it. I kind of lost yeah. me with the kookiness, but a lot of people really liked that a lot. But I would love to have more horror games where they're not resident evil and they're not first person in dark hallways yeah well anyways uh we want more of those and also check out inscription for anybody who's playing on yes. pc it's uh, spelled weird though it's like i-n-c-r-y yeah c-r-y-p-t-i-o-n in case yeah. you're searching for it wishlist that wishlist it on steam wishlist it helps the developers blasting in the housekeeping which is a real house that we really go to every other episode besides this one and we actually keep yep um a he-man bit of information for you i'm always up for more man i'm so fucking deep in the he-man shit right now you have this, no idea this is why i'm bringing it up thank you so uh, a friend of mine on uh instagram and kind of in real life i've uh not met him yet but i've talked to him his name is rob mckellum do you know rob at all i don't think so what's his name okay i mean what's his handle he, he does documentaries and he did um nintendo quest he did power of grayskull which is on he-man hmm. and he did a kitty documentary which i love this band kitty and anyways, he's awesome, and he just posted a picture of a toy that he got, and it's called an anti-Eternian. Oh, is it like a, the pitch black, like uh, the it's evil like silvery? Version? Yeah, it's like blue silver. It's like yeah. a like, Bizarro Man or like mm -hmm. super whatever. What was Bizarro? Bizarro. He was from Superman. Yeah, he was from yeah. uh, the alternate Superman dimension or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I just saw that and I thought, uh oh, Brad might need this toy. <laughs> I am. I am. I am going so deep right now. I'm getting on message boards and I'm going to eBay and looking at things. And I got a, I got boxes of shit in my garage. I should probably dig out and see what I got back there. But yeah, but it's you like, don't have an anti-Eternian. No, because you know that was when um, I kind of fell off it for a while, just because like life and I ran out of money and you know who you know you go through different Jeez. phases in life and stuff. And yeah, and I would, it's that crazy stuff like the the negative universe he man and all that crazy stuff was when I kind of was like I was in one of my my low points when I wasn't in touch with the franchise. So I'm kind of rediscovering it and finding it out again. I'll have to check that one out. Also check out Power Grayskull if you haven't checked out his I strangely enough I've never heard of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna cue it check up right it now. Right I'm gonna now. watch it literally right now. I don't he might have did a deal with Netflix and see if it's on there or not. I'm not sure if he did yeah. it, but good thing. Uh, All right, and anybody cool. else check check out Rob McKellum. It's M C C A L L U M. He's got a bunch of cool docs. Cool. And that's it. We're done with housekeeping.
All right, that was housekeeping. Let's uh, just jump right into the content. As usual, we bring a bunch of games. Although, ironically, not as many games as we usually do. This has been a really, really busy week for me since the last time we recorded. And to be perfectly honest, I just I haven't had as much time as I as I normally do. And I don't start with a lot of time to begin with. So I've been playing a little bit of Death Stranding because it's like so fucking chill. Just like driving around the the fields and delivering boxes. I haven't really started a lot, but I do have some things to talk about. So in case anybody gets in the show and they're like, they only talked about 18 games. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's what that's what happened. I just I got yeah. super, super busy with real life stuff and it's. Not up to my normal standards, but we'll we'll see what happens here. Listen, it's not 150 games, but it's at least 18. I mean, at least 18. All right, let's launch into it. Carlos, we're going to start with you right now. Um, kind of in the spirit of Halloween-y, uh, I'm not going to be bringing very many scary games. I may bring one. We'll see. I may bring one or two. Not this show. Uh, but you are bringing a couple because you are going to uh, you know, use your innate bravery and try these these spooky waters with all these games that might be appropriate for the halloween season let's start off with one that actually honestly looks pretty interesting to me it's called silt s-i-l-t all in caps and all i know about it is some kind of a 2d underwater spooky game which i saw a trailer and it looked pretty neat so what's up with silt yeah um and i'm adding the creepy music in the in post-production so okay cool ghastly games for what did i say last we we gotta nail that down bro we We do and i am not doing that (laughs) the ghoulish and ghastly games of halloween october yeah geez louise (laughs) so um these are i have a couple this week and then we'll have maybe three next week so look forward to that okay this one is the, the the least creepy, but it's a cool look to it. It looks like Limbo underwater. Yeah, so, yeah, I love the look yeah. of it. Yeah, it's super like uh, dark and simple graphics, and like you said, two D. And you, it's a demo, so I only played the demo. It kind of ends pretty short. Um, I got to an area where I don't know if it was the end of a demo or if it was a bug, because I couldn't go any further. So I'm thinking it's a bug, unfortunately, but. For the time that I spent with it, I get the idea of what they're doing, which is really simple. You're a, a deep sea diver underwater, very creepy, dark uh, aesthetic. It's cool. It's got that same kind of limbo feel where like some stuff's in the foreground. And this know, is like 2D stuff. side view, right? Yeah, yeah, 2D. But then like some of that, you know, stuff you can see in the foreground and the background. And what you're doing is you have a power that can take over other um, fish and things in the sea. So basically, you, what is that power called when you can jump into another body? Oh, like uh, possess something? Possession, I guess. Yeah. Or you're basically Aquaman then, I guess? Yeah, that sounds less scary. <laughs> you were Aquaman taking control of fish under the sea? Wow, that sounds way less scary. And this okay. is now not a ghouly and ghastly game. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, you know, you like say there's a like, little teeny fish and you take over one of them and it can get through a little passageway that normally you couldn't and unlock a gate or something. Sure. And then you get uh, you take over piranha, and the piranha can shoot through wires. And then there's a huge kind of like whale or hammerhead uh, shark or something, and it can smash things that other things can't. So that's kind of the whole game. Like, that's all I could play in the demo. Um, and, yeah, it's got some creepy music, and you're underwater, but you're not really worried about, like, breathing. You know, it's, you have a little deep-sea diving suit. There's so. no oxygen meter? Yeah, there's not that, which would make it creepier because then you'd be worried all the time. But it's just kind of exploratory and figuring out puzzles. 
Is so, there like a no combat or like was anything chasing at any point? Like were you worried about dying at any point? The piranha can bite you, I think. And I think the hammerhead shark killed me. Um, so what you had to do there is you had to possess it so it didn't kill you. But there's like an area where there's a bunch of them. And so you had to like, you know, be one of the sharks and kind of be like, hey, don't worry about that guy down there. He's fine. It's it's I'm over here. I'm a shark. And gotcha. then like get past that area. So, yeah, you could die a couple of ways. But again, you just respawn and, and start over. So it's a very chill atmosphere, chill puzzle game, really. It looks really cool. I don't usually go in for spooky, but this this does not really trigger my my spooky fear response. It just looks kind of neat, and I like the visuals and the underwater vibes seem kind of cool. And if it's more puzzle oriented rather than uh, you're about to drown with the oxygen meter or if people are chasing you all the time, then that seems like it's right up my alley, maybe. Yeah, it's just like a chill experience. Uh, right now, there's a demo on Steam uh, for free, obviously. Just check out the demo. And I think people should check it out. I'm excited to see when the full game comes out and uh, get past the area that I got stuck at because I, I feel like it might be a bug. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Not really the creepiest game for this Halloween episode, but it's uh, it's cool nonetheless. You got to start small. You can't, you know, roll out the big guns. Yeah, we're easing into it. So one other game that we were planning to talk about, which I guess something weird happened because I saw you tweet about it and then it kind of like a red flag went up. But Visage or Visage, I guess, not sure how you want to pronounce that. V-I-S-A-G-E Visage was another one that had kind of a Halloween-y themed demo, uh, which I sent your way. Uh, you didn't really fill me in on what happened, but what's what's going on with Visage? Yeah, it wasn't that it was scary and I was like, I'm not playing this because I was looking for scary. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm sure. looking for scary Set experiences. out for it, yeah, of course. Yeah. And this is a kind of first-person, you know, uh, puzzle horror game where you have to like go figure things out uh, and, you know, go through a story. Well, it started, and, you know, I am i don't know if I'm uh, spoiled by PT, even though that's, like, years old by now, but it, I do want, like, some really high-fidelity, good graphics in my horror games. And it's not like, you know, I think it's a small studio, so... It's that kind of is a ding against it already because you go, well, I'm not scared because I'm not fully immersed. Secondly, and most importantly, I noped out, like you say, of this demo immediately because um, the beginning of the game is you're a first person and you're a character and you're going to have to go through some, you know, experience that's supposed to be scary. But the very, very, very first cutscene is you are loading a gun as trigger warning for maybe people who don't want to listen to this because it's terrible. Uh, skip ahead five minutes. Uh, you're loading a gun and your family's there tied up and they're like crying and it's terrible and they're like bleeding and you kill them all. What? And, yeah. And then you kill yourself and then it proceeds to start the game. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, dude, I, I would have noped out of that shit too. I would have yeah, been I like, don't care Ouch. what his yeah. story is. You think I want to go through his story now? Like, that's crazy. That is a rough place to start. That is dark. You see what I'm saying? And not yeah. dark fun. Like that's no, stupid. just like why in the world would you do this dark? That that to me is too much. I mean, I'm already like not down for a game like this, but hearing about that, I would I would be out like instantly. Right. I don't blame you a bit. And it took a while too, and I was like, Whoa, this is taking a long time too. It's not even like a flashback or something quick, you know, but but then I looked at online, you know, looked up the stories and there's all these different like you know, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, PT type stuff that you do, but it's all serving this kind of obscure, weird, you know, mind trip that this guy's going on. But I don't care about this guy now. 
Like I don't want I don't want to do anything for him. Yeah. No, that's that's a pretty big barrier to get over to get somebody into a game like that. I can understand why you maybe were not curious to go on that journey. Yeah, I don't blame you. So no visage for me, thanks. All right. Well, that's uh, I mean, we got one down and one. I mean, you tried so good on you for trying, but we're going to skip this one and just move on. So we have more Halloween stuff to come, folks. Don't worry. We will be covering a few. No, we started the scariness in a bad. uh, Yeah. Well, you know, you got to start somewhere. It's okay. It's only it's only uphill from here. Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, Let me talk for a second about Tales of Iron. Uh, This is a 2D. I mean, I guess I guess it's a Souls-like game, I suppose. Um, it doesn't exactly feel like Souls to me. It just feels like a very kind of tight action game, 2D action game. But a lot of the people who play Souls in my timeline are kind of like gravitating around this one right now. And I mean, I can see the parallels here, but I wouldn't sell it necessarily as a Soul-like. Anyway, you play a rat in a kingdom of rats. You know, you got like a little shirt on. You live in a castle, you know, kind of a medieval theme, except for everybody's rats and... The game starts with you guys defending yourselves against the frogs who are bad because frogs, I don't know, green, Come on. Stick, whatever. I mean, I like yeah, frogs. frogs. Frogs are great. Oh, you do? I love frogs. They creep uh, me out a little bit. Um, I get along real well with frogs. Uh, in fact, okay. I would take frogs over rats any day. Uh, but anyway, the frogs are the bad guys. Uh, you defend the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. And happens they come back after getting defeated and they get revenge. They destroy your whole kingdom. And then the game starts out with you. Uh, the prince rat needing to like kill all the frogs you come across and reclaim your kingdom using swords and shields, blocking, parrying, dodging, all in a 2D setting, uh, quasi-medieval anthropomorphic animal setting. Uh, I will say right off the bat, this game's art is fucking awesome. It looks fantastic. Yeah. It's a very cool... I, I mean, I don't know how to even describe the type of 2D art it is, but it looks very much like... Um, Oh God, I mean, kind of a rustic, sort of a me- maybe kind of a medieval, kind of a scrawling it's sort totally of vibe medieval. to it. Yeah, yeah, it's got like a, a dark outline to everything. Yeah, but it doesn't look cel shaded at all. It looks like um, just old like pictograms or something, or like if you looked at an old uh, illuminated page out of an old medieval book or something, it kind of looks like that. It looks mm. it looks fantastic. I love the graphics. Uh, I will say the controls are also really tight. There's like a a block there's a dodge um you have a little flask that you can drink of uh you fill it with bug juice to give yourself some life back uh pretty standard stuff there's like a heavy attack that enemies do that you can dodge out of the way there's a a parry that you got to parry um there's an unblockable i mean it kind of follows all the, the same basic tropes of like these kind of action games but the controls are tight it's really well done it looks great i'm just kind of in early days right now i haven't gotten very far into it uh the only thing i will say so far is that it does definitely feel difficult there's kind of a mix um to the combat that i didn't expect and what i mean by that is when you go into the tutorial it's i think it's a bonus mission actually i don't think you need to do the tutorial but of course i did i love a good tutorial uh and they say okay well you know when the enemy glows red then you got to push dodge and when they glow yellow you got to parry and when they uh do this other thing then you got a uh double roll because that's unblockable you know like they kind of walk you through the whole like when the enemy does this, you do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I appreciate that. But when you actually go out into the world, I, I guess I kind of expected every enemy would have the color coding all the time, but it's not. It's only sometimes. So when I started doing combat, I was like standing there waiting for people to like flash a color and they didn't. And then I would like take all these hits because I was standing there like a dumbass waiting for them to do something. But oh. they were simply doing an attack that wasn't color coded. So that kind of threw me for a minute. I'm like, whoa, what am I? 
how am I supposed to respond to that? Because you just taught me to look for colors. And then all of a sudden, the first thing I'm doing has no color to it. Uh, but I picked up pretty quickly that enemies will do a mix. So sometimes they'll do regular attacks with no color. Sometimes they will have a color that wasn't super clear in the tutorial. Uh, so whatever. Got into that pretty quickly. And once I figured that out, I feel like it's been okay. Uh, definitely challenging. I've died more than I expected to, for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you because obviously people are talking about being like a Dark Souls uh, type game. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty difficult here, at least you know, in the action part of it. It is very difficult. It is definitely stiff and you have to have good reflexes and you have to really think on your toes. And it's tough. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just not in the this kind of a mindset right now of being constantly ready to read like, is this a normal attack? Is it a color code attack? If it's a color code attack, which one is it? And which what is the counter to that? And like, you know, I just started it today. So it's not like I'm like super deep. I haven't put a bunch of hours into it. I'm sure it'll become, uh, you know, reflexive as you go on second nature. Yeah. But I'm still in the learning to cope with the the controls phase and uh so it's a little awkward i'm dying a bunch but i think it's really well well put together it looks great if you want some tight souls like or just you know difficult 2d combat action i feel like this really delivers and it's just it's really cute and really well put together yeah um, I, I love the art style but i'm just wondering about the um the, the the kind of progression it seems like there isn't much of that from the reviews reviews i'm listening to like like an RPG style or a Souls-like game, you'd actually like level up stuff. But it seems like this is just based on like armor sets. Is that right? Yeah. From what I can tell, it's just about the armor you have. There, like, there's a weight component to it. So like the more you uh, weigh, you know, the slower you react. And, you know, there's like trade-offs to that. And some armor is strong against certain types of enemies. So like you start out with armor that's strong against frogs. But then you can see in the menu there's like mosquito-based armor. And I don't know what the other monsters are. There's like four different classes of enemies. So it's it seems like it's mostly about armor, not really like an RPG progression. This, that's why it's kind of just more about an action game. Like it's just about yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. combat, moment to moment. Uh, not really a Souls like in that sense. Um, so take that for what you will. I will say also they have a very interesting approach to the narrative. All the mice do not speak. They, I mean, it's like a, I want to say it's like a, a flute sound or maybe like a recorder sound, like a little like bird-like notes that are being played when the mice talk which is kind of weird and then hmm. every once in a while a human narrator will pop up and like kind of narrate the story uh it's okay i mean it's kind of cute i kind of wish the mice were talking because i mean it would just kind of make me like them a little bit more i feel a little bit distanced from what's going on yeah. but you know paying for one narrator is a lot cheaper than paying for 15 voice actors for all the characters so well, I get at least it. it's not that sim language, right? It's not really right. that kind of annoying language. Yeah, it's not the blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, yeah. you know, the flute sound is kind of a more pleasant sound than that. But it is a little bit weird, but it's not bad at all. Just just not what I expected, I guess. So. Didn't you know that's what mice sound like in real life? They just they make a whistle <laughs> sound when they talk. Oh, man. You know, I have a lot of uh, rodents in my yard right now. Rodents... Uh, if you have chickens and you have rats, like it just kind of goes hand in hand. And that's not the sound they make. I can guarantee <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. I just said mice. I meant rats. But yeah, neither. Neither, neither of those like make that sound. So anyway, Tales right. of Iron, early days. I just started it like earlier today. And I'm, not, I'm only like a couple hours into it. But so far, I mean, if you want 2D action, I feel like this is a pretty tight jam. It's pretty good stuff. Check it out. Check it out. All right, Carlos, back to you for another quick jaunt onto the halloween side with <laughs> creepy tale 2 this was coming to pc and switch uh, i never played creepy tale 1 but i know that it exists because this is called creepy tale 2 and i don't know anything about this other than the fact that it's 2d hand-drawn and you're like i don't know what a little boy going through some spooky adventure or something like that 
Yeah. I love your intros. You're, you're like, say literally almost what it, the game is, <laughs> but then you put a question mark at the end and then just have me say it over I mean, again. I could be wrong. I don't know. You tell me, man. Well, lots of times you're right. Lots of times you're like, here's the description of the game, Carl's. Is that what this is? And then I go, yep, that's it. Next, cool. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, before I go, I'm going to go on a tangent because of Halloween and horror. You just said, like, I, I'm pretty sure Creepy Tale 1 exists. A fun fact which I might have brought up on the show before, I'm not sure, but there's a horror comedy series called House. Have you ever heard of it? Like movies? Yeah, movie movies. Oh, yeah, dude, I love those movies, man. Those movies are like the best. I've they're seen... ridiculous. Yeah, they're crazy. They're so crazy. They're like horror, yes, horror comedy for sure. Okay, in the vein of, because we're old, Saturday the 14th and stuff, right? Exactly, yes. Well, yes. they made House 1 and 2, and they were both mildly successful back in the day, but then they made House 4, and they never made House 3. Oh, did that happen? Did they really do that? Yeah, because I know it was one of my fun facts, and I did like a movie podcast a long time ago. And House 4 is quite possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Not fun. Trying to be funny. It's terrible. There's a talking pizza. It's awful. Why did they uh, skip to 4 instead of 3? I don't know. And I think they allude to like 1 and 2, like things that go on in 1 and 2, some lore. But fun, just little side thing about a horror comedy show or movie that no one knows about, House 4, props to you. I mean, House 1 and 2 are pretty good, though. I, I watched those with my son, and we really enjoyed both of them. They're super cheesy, yeah. uh, but worth watching if you like that cheesy kind of 80s horror vibe. Pretty good stuff. You should watch House 4 and then talk about it on the show. We'll both do it, <laughs> and I'll go back to it, because I haven't seen it since I was, like, a youngin, you know, like oh, when man. it came out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Type it in, see what year it came out. Anyways, all right. so as you're doing that, House 4, yeah, they didn't make House 3 funny, Creepy Tale 1 was a game. Creepy Tale 2 is also a game. I'm excited about this because uh, tangent number five of the show, it reminds me of a very, very cool game and developer that I love. Uh, the developer I love is called Kill Monday Games, and they made uh, Little Misfortune, one of my favorite games of all time. And they also made a game called Franbo, which is their first kind of adventure game. And it has a very similar vibe to Creepy Tale 2. So I was like, had no expectations for this game, right? Didn't know about it, didn't know about Creepy Tale 1. But what it is, it's a adventure game, you know, side-scrolling, 2D, 2.5D, because you can move a little bit in the environment, you know, up and down. Foreground and, and background. Foreground and background. And then you can, you know, you're, like you said, you're a little boy. Um, his name is, I uh, forget, Lars. Okay. And he's just like a living in a small little town. And it's kind of like a Brothers Grimm fairy tale style and the arts you know really simple and kind of cartoony and it's a puzzle adventure game which generally i don't like but in the exception of franbo little misfortune both games from kill monday games and this game which the developer is called creepy brothers which is an awesome developer name i like an adventure game in this way because if the story and the well to pun intended creepiness is fun and, and interesting enough that I'm in, right? Like an adventure game that's like a just a mystery and put a soda can together with, you know, CD. Yeah, totally. I don't want to do it, right? But if the the source material <clears throat> is like weird enough or funny enough, you know, then I'm in. So that's the case with Creepy, Brother, uh, Creepy Tale 2 because I really like the concept. You start as a little kid, you're in a little log cabin with your uh, sister and dad, and it seems pretty normal. Like the sound effects are great. Put your headphones in if you're playing on the Switch. Um, and you're kind of, it's like a creepy 
fall weather out and you're going and chopping logs and doing like basic stuff an adventure game would do. But then after you do like a couple simple puzzles, it fucking changes fast. Like all of a sudden, and this is a spoiler, but I think it's good. So people know this game isn't just like a, you know, point and click kind of like slow, boring adventure. Okay. Literally after you do a few puzzles and get the idea of how to do things in a game and combine objects, like two creepy monsters show up and like take out your dad and sister. Oof, that's rough. And I, and I don't mean kill them. I think they just like capture them. Okay. But the fact is they're scary as hell looking. Like it like jarred me a little bit because I'm, you know, it lulls you into a sense of like, what's that saying? Complacency. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this is just a chill adventure game. It's the it's cold out and chopping logs. But then all of a sudden it goes right into like really creepy monsters, which again, Franbo does the same thing and a little misfortune a little bit. So I love this style of game and I'm all the way in with this where I normally, you know me, I'm not adventure game guy. Um, so I just like, I don't want to say anything else because it's, it's really just about the kind of comedy, light comedy, really creepy atmosphere. And you're on this journey with this little boy trying to like, you know, go find his sister and dad. Um, and there's like really creepy monsters. Wow. It's, it's, it's the best one so far of this episode for like the ghastly and ghoulish games because yeah, it's just creepy. I really like it. Excellent. All right. We are we are on the uptick now. We got something good. Yes, we're going up the hill now. Here we go. Okay, good. Creepy Tale 2. Uh, I'll check into it. I think the trailer was pretty cool looking. I It may be too scary for me because even, even 2D, even puzzle-based, my tolerance is so low. Really? Days, yeah, it may be. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Uh, okay, let me take over for a minute talking about a game called Pathway. Uh, I didn't know anything about this. I have not heard anyone talking about this game ever. And I found it when I was just randomly tooling through the Switch eShop. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm in the mood for something and I don't want to play anything on my backlog, which is dumb because my backlog is like hundreds of games and I should pick something I already own. But I'm like, oh, you know, I, just, I feel like something fresh and new and what's what's going on here. And I think it was on sale at some point. Um, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at this. The key art for the game, like the little um, icon was like pretty cool. And I check in the screenshots. I'm like, oh, this art is really great. Like a top down. 2D, uh, pixel-based, like, really detailed. Looks very uh, attractive if you like pixel games. And I'm like, oh, like, what is what is all this about? And it's kind of like an Indiana Jones-ish vibe where you are on a journey uh, in... I don't know if it's... I don't think it's based in real countries. It might just be, like, fictional, like, Middle East-type countries or whatever, mm. where you choose a party of three people. And uh, as the game starts, you have, like, I think... I don't know, like eight to choose from, but there's like half the game, half the characters are locked from the beginning. But you pick like, you know, oh, the Indiana Jones ish guy. And then there's like a medic lady. And then there's like a, a guy who's from that country who's like an Arabic guy. And he like knows the landscape. And, you know, there's like a doctor and there's like whatever. There's a couple other people you pick. Oh, there's a dog, too. I'm pretty sure there's a dog. So just there's FYI, a dog. there's a dog. The pictures, yeah. yeah. So you uh you you pick your characters and you go to like an overworld map and the map is just like a bunch of spots like uh so it's not like a, you're exploring a map it's just like you look at these dots on the map cities and villages and towns you pick one and you go there and it could be a random event it could be like oh you arrive and the villagers uh, are friendly and they give you a turkey leg and you go on your way plus two health or something like it could just be like a little text bubble mm -hmm. um it could be like a shop it could be like a random challenge where it's like oh you found a crypt 
would you like to explore? And then it'll have choices. It'll be like, oh, if you have somebody who has engineering skill, then you can like leverage the rock. And if you have somebody who has brute force, then they can pick up the rock. And if you have somebody who's, uh, I don't know, sneaky, they'll find a secret back way into the crypt or something. Look, so like, you know, if, if you have those skills, it's great. Like you'll have a successful roll. If you don't have the skills, then you can like roll some virtual dice to see whether you make it or not. And then uh, apart from those things, it could also be a battle. And there's tons of Nazis all over the map. And, you know, you'll roll up to a town and it'll be like, oh, the Nazis are uh, being really mean to the townsfolk. Do you intervene? Yes or no? And then if you say yes, then it goes to a turn based tactics sort of a game. Um, you always like get to put your people in the map. You can see the layout of where the enemies are, and then you kind of go from there turn-based. Uh, everybody's got their various skills, like the uh, the Indiana Jones guy is real good with a knife. The medic lady can heal people, of course, and she's got a gun of some sort. And the uh, Arabic guy that I picked, he... What was his power? It was like he could... Oh, he could fix armor. That's what it was. So, like, uh, if your armor got damaged, he could patch you up. And he also had some kind of another rifle or something. So it's kind of like a really micro-scale XCOM when it gets to... The combat, I mean, pretty simple and straightforward. It's not super deep. And a lot of it is basically who gets to go first and if you get ganged up on or not. But, I mean, I feel like the combat is pretty good. I feel like the graphics are great. And I really like the kind of just like rolling through the adventure, going from town to town. What are you going to get? Is it a text choice? Is it a challenge? Is it a fight? And kind of going back and forth as you're, you know, managing food and fuel and stuff. It's just a really cool interesting game and i'm really enjoying it i think there are six campaigns total i think i finished the first two uh and it's just it's really fun it's a great game to play at nighttime in short bursts uh, a little bit of tactics a little bit of i don't know choose your own adventure it's it's pretty cool yeah i was gonna say that as you're describing it sounds like a choose your own adventure we played games like this and again we don't have these templatized names for them but where it's like a mixture of things right it's yeah. that hey yeah. this might happen these little encounters might happen but this one seems to mix, like you said, like the strategy um, combat in there with it. And that's interesting. And all, it kind of looks like Advance Wars in a way with the graphics. A little bit, yeah. When you do the combat portions, it does look like Advance I mean, sort of. It doesn't It doesn't play like Advance Wars, but it kind of has that same kind of art style vibe to it. Vibe, so that makes yeah, sense yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a winner overall. I'm really enjoying it. The only thing that I would say is kind of a knock against it. And it's not even a big knock, but like I kind of wish the characters had like a little bit more personality. Like I wish they had some catchphrases or something, you know, something to make them stand out as like stronger personalities. They kind of feel like archetypes, which is okay, but I kind of would like, you know, instead of being Indiana Jones guy, I wish he was like, uh, you know, I don't know, Biff, you know, Biff Granite, super adventurer or something, you know, like something cheesy. So you could kind of attach yourself to them a little bit more and maybe right, pick up right. your favorites. It feels a little bit generic in terms of personality. And I really like strong personality game, but in terms of mechanics, planning, design, like the graphics, it's all pretty cool. I, I, I really dig it. It's a cool find. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you pointed it out. I might check it out on my Switch. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. So that is Pathway. Uh, let's turn it over to you. You were bringing something that I was almost going to pull the trigger on, but then I knew you were bringing it to the show, so I, I stopped. I'm like, okay, let's wait. Let's wait. Calm down, self. Let's see what Carlos has to say. Beast Breaker. Yeah, um, it looks like a very interesting, weird indie that like, kind of does something unexpected. That's what drew me to it in the first place. Carlos, please tell us what Beast Breaker is. I, I I am so addicted to this game. And if I am addicted to this game and I don't play my Switch much, you're going to have to pick up. It's got to be good because if Carlos is playing the Switch, you know, it's got to yeah. be good. Literally at night now, I play two games. I play Creepy Tale 2 and I play Beast Breaker. Beast Breaker. Um, I ran out of breath because I've been playing it so much. 
So it's a mouse bouncing adventure is what they call it. It feels like an RPG with Peggle, which I don't, we've never talked about Peggle on the show, but when I had my Xbox 360, that was my jam. Okay. I did not realize you were a Peggle fan. Oh my goodness. Did you ever, we've never talked about it. Do you, are, do you like the Peggle? That's fine. I mean, I don't think I, I know that it was huge for a while and I played it and I thought it was fine, but it never really like grabbed me the way that it grabbed other people. I just like, there's something about, and it's not just Peggle. There's other games that are like this. Uh, they're escaping all of me right now, but like, um, the one where you're like planning out where something trajectory is going to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That style of a game is very interesting to me. Uh, some pinball games have done that. The pinball RPG comes to mind. What's that one? Um, Rollers of the Realm? Yep, that's it. Yep. Uh, where, again, you have RPG elements, but you're also doing kind of a, a game that is physics-based. So that's kind of what this is. You play as a little character, a mouse, and your mom, I think it is, uh, used to be like, the biggest hero in the world and took out all these like huge beasts. But now she's, yeah, she's awesome. But now she's just retired and chilling. And, you know, unfortunately she's going to watch you, the little young mouse go back and kind of do the same things that she did. So there's kind of two parts of the game. There's one, which is like at the hub, which is your home base. And you have like different menus there where you can upgrade things. You can craft things, basically make yourself, uh, better and stronger for when you do the ba- the beast battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the other part of the game when you uh, fight the beast. Actually, there's a third part I just remembered, which is a little small overworld map, teeny, not like the whole thing, where you kind of like look for the monster before you fight him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you do some research uh, collecting, etc. But then, yeah, the whole game is basically fighting these monsters. Now, the monsters don't look like traditional monsters. And I'm not sure why they don't, because maybe the way that this game works and the mechanics of them doesn't really uh, fit like a monster that you think of. So they're kind of like metallic and made up of different sections because the game is you throw yourself, you the mouse with your little sword at the monster in a peggle fashion and you'll bounce off different parts of the monster. But the monsters are not moving, right? Like the monsters are kind of, I mean, what I saw from the trailer that I looked at really quickly and I just looked at a minute of it, it looked like the, the the quote unquote monsters are kind of like a board and you're kind of bouncing yourself into it. So the monsters are not like monster. It's not a fight. Like you're not, they're not moving, right? Well, that's, it's kind of, they're doing both. So they don't look like a traditional monster. Like I said, they look like silver robotic, let's say robotic monster, but they're all their pieces are like away from the body and the body's in the middle. It, you literally have to go Google it to see the pictures and understand. Okay. But as you throw yourself at it, you are trying to basically break different parts of the body off or like kill the main body, which is in the middle. And they all have like little health points, right? Hit points. Like say the middle has eight points and the different arms and legs have like three or four points. Every time you like destroy one of the pieces, it like resets the counter and gives you more, buys you more time to fight the monster. Okay. And then the monster, yes, does attack. Oh, really? Okay. So how does that work? So how it works is it has a cone of vision of where it's going to attack and you basically, after you've bounced around, you don't want to land in that cone of um, attack value. Okay, so as long as you're outside of where the attack is going to land, then you're safe. Yeah. And they, yeah. okay, they telegraph that ahead of time. Gotcha. And then you will get hit sometimes, and then you have health potions, et cetera. So it's such an interesting mix of games. And it, the developer of, of Threes, I believe, is the person who worked on this. Oh, really? Okay. Which is okay. a super popular mobile game. Oh, yeah. Um, like people still play that all the time. 
Right. I, I might be wrong on that. Maybe we could look it up, but we don't do any research. But I'm going to research it right now. They're Vodio games, and I thought that they worked on threes. Um, anyways, it's insanely addictive, Brad. Like, I'm talking about it right now and just want to go like fight two monsters because it's all about figuring out that trajectory. Then you have different abilities, like one's called Shield Bash, uh, which means you can hit it, but then also get defense back. So when it, you, if you, in case you do get hit, you won't get hit as much. Um, there's different kind of ways to, like I said, take out different body parts that buy you more time. Uh, there's special like resources that the monsters drop, a la, let's say, Monster Hunter or something, where you can use those later to craft things. Hmm. It's very addictive. Every little hmm. bit of it, they get right. And the story's like, okay, you go back and there's cutscenes with. I was just going to ask you what the story is because you're selling me pretty hard on the gameplay. I, you're. It's, You're telling me all the things I want to hear, but in terms of the story, is it just kind of like, you know, just keeps it moving or do you actually care about what's going on? Yeah, it's just kind of there. You keeps know, there, okay. there's a deep kind of like um, dark secret of, of some character who's like in the beginning and you don't know who this character is. And there's a little bit of a twist. It's not what you're playing this for. Like, right, I'm always right. like going quickly, go to the craft screen, make better weapons because, you know, the weapons, again, help you in battle. And just get me a monster. I just want to find a monster and figure out how I'm going to take out its arms, legs, and body. And I cannot stop playing this game. It's and only so $15, by the way. Upgrades or like what kind of like RPG elements are there to this? Like, um, Essentially just like you can craft a bunch of stuff. So you're crafting different types of weapons. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of different loadouts in RPGs. Okay. But it is kind of like that. Like... If you want to be more defensive, you can pick like your weapons and shield type stuff. Like each set of weapons comes with different abilities. And you know, like I said, some abilities are defensive, some abilities are like extra damage, some abilities are working towards some of the mechanics they have in the game. Um, it's it's not like heavy at all. And it's just kind of an extra nice fun thing to do when you go back to base is craft a bunch of stuff and give you more options when you're fighting the monsters. But um it's really just about trajectory and planning, and it feels real, real, real fun to play. Sounds like a winner. I think you, uh, I think you've sold me on this one, dude. I, I mean, I would be surprised if I didn't, because it seems like there's a bunch of things that you'd be into. Uh, and like I said, I don't play Switch games. I'm playing this one. It's got to be great if you're playing it, because I know, it's I really, know really you, good. yeah, for sure. And it was the guy who did threes. That is, you are correct. It was that nice. Guy. Okay, got that right. Beast Breaker. Beast Breaker. Everybody, go check it out. It's fifteen dollars on Switch. Run, don't walk. Totally. Check Run, it out walk. now. Yes. Run, don't walk. Okay. Uh, only one more game to go. We're making record time here on the show. Here, uh, we are just blowing through these. Let's talk for a minute, a hot minute, about Far Cry Six. Ooh, we're gonna have to talk more than a hot minute. Hot, two hot minutes. Um, at least three or seven or at 12. At least, maybe. Okay, so Far Cry 6, everybody knows, is the, the next big release from Ubisoft. It's obviously the sixth in the Far Cry series, although it's not really the sixth. I think there's probably a couple other ones in there. Um, open world, it's set in a land that is ostensibly Cuba, although it's not called Cuba. I mean, it's got kind of like a real strong Latin element to it, you know, kind of revolutionaries and that kind of theme. Um, I was not planning on playing this. I'm not really a big fan of the Far Cry games in general. I did really like um, the Far Cry Primal. I thought Far Cry Primal was really cool and it kind of oh, hooked interesting. me. Yeah, with the, with the caveman aspect, like, yeah. you know, the prehistoric animals. Like, that was enough to get me in and I thought that was a really fun game. Uh, but I have not really connected with any other Far Cry at all. And the only reason I'm even talking about this one now 
is because it was on my Gamefly queue. I put it on there a while ago for whatever reason, and I just forgot about it. And when my son got done with Just Dance 6 or whatever it was that he sent back, uh, this was the next thing in my queue. And I'm like, oh, Far Cry 6. Okay, I guess I was first in line for this because it's brand new. So I popped it in to my Xbox X, gave it a shot. And I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, man, I just I don't have a lot to say about it because... I don't know that I was necessarily in the mindset for it. And like I said, I wasn't, this isn't something that I was really super looking forward to. Um, but I, I got maybe like one or two hours into it and it was just, you know, still doing the, the beginning stuff, like learning the systems, open world, lots of jungle. There's a zip line. I got a, an alligator buddy uh, talking to the revolutionaries and I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I just like got busy and I just didn't come back to it. So I didn't even have a very strong, reaction to it either way so i assuming you you probably put like a lot more time into it yourself yeah and i have a lot to say about it but to kind of like um the background like you said you enjoyed primal which is interesting um i think most people like far cry 3 the best on record um i enjoyed far cry 5 a lot because uh, their expansion mainly uh so after far cry 5 there was one called i think new dawn new dawn say. that's yeah. correct yeah which I liked better than actually five, but it, it continued part of the story essentially from five. So I like what they did there because they put that in Montana and it was kind of around a, a cult. And I was really interested in that kind of uh, concept and taking it out of the jungles, et cetera. But three, you know, people say they, they, they like that one a lot. Um, six is very probably the closest to three. So if you'd like three, you're probably like six. Like you said, it's uh, basically set in Cuba, you know, a fictitious Cuba. Fake which, Cuba, yeah. Yara, Yara, yeah. Oh, that's right. And, uh, you, you know, the big bad guy is um, Giancarlo Esposito, the actor, but he's uh, Anton Costillo in uh, the game. And there's a couple of things I want to say up front before I get into, like, what I like and don't like about it. One, yeah, I'm a sucker for open worlds. You know, It's your that. jam. I, I figured you'd probably it's play my jam. this. It's yeah. your jam. So even if I have a love-hate relationship of the game as I'm playing it, if it's going to offer me a, a world to escape in and upgrade myself, then I'm going to play it. Um so in, in that sense, it's it's more Far Cry. If you like any of the games before, uh, side besides Primal, because Primal is its own thing, uh, you'll you'll enjoy this game. You know, the the biggest criticism I see everywhere, you know, where as it gets like seventy fives and stuff, is that it just it needs to change. So I agree at the top that it just needs to and they need to change it up again uh, because this is like three on steroids. You know, it's just another kind of version of being in a jungle and and fighting, um, you know, starting a revolution, et cetera. But I will say this at the top, it definitely spoke to me more having Hispanic heritage, you know, and they use, you know, it's it's a bunch of Hispanic actors, right? It's not like a person trying to do an accent. That being said, Anton Castillo, Giancarlo, you know, he's not. Hispanic. He's not. La yeah, he's not Hispanic at all. In fact, yeah. I, I heard somebody call that out and they're like, why are you picking this guy? Because he simply just based on the color of his skin because he is not from that heritage at all. Well, here's the thing. I think I'm not sure why they picked him, but he works in this game because he is kind of the outsider. Like he's the guy kind of that everybody doesn't want to be there. And he's, you know, creating this uh, drug culture essentially there. And, you know, people want him out. So it makes sense for him to not even be Latino, you know, like it's like, hey, he's the outsider. So for me, it actually works in that way because I'm like, I don't like him right off the bat, the bat just because he just he's just not like of that culture. Um, and then secondly, yeah, to me, it just speaks to me because and I really didn't realize how much I kind of need this in games more, but not to go on too much of a tangent, but representation, which we are you know big proponents of, 
is super important. But when we talk about it, lots of times I talk about it detached, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we talked about this land is my land, which is one of the first Native American games. <clears throat> and we just don't get any of them. So I don't have a time to actually like, like uh, experience this representation that we always talk about on the podcast. So with this game, I kind of did because it reminded me of like, you know, my dad's from Texas and, um, you know, I have like lots of family who are Hispanic and and Mexican and Native American and to be around them, it feels like a a culture and a home and and a, a belonging. And this is a tangent now, but just weirdly enough, and maybe other Latinos out there listening will have this experience, but playing this open world game in this world with all these, you know, Hispanic actors actually voicing this game, I felt like a kinship. And even if the characters are a little cookie cutter, right? You know, it's Far Cry. It's like a little bit goes a long way when it comes to representation. So I didn't think I'd bring that up in this review, but like after playing it for like, I don't know, I probably played it 15 hours or something already. And I feel that. Like it feels like, I don't know. I feel like um, belonging in a weird way. Interesting. Interesting. I, you know, uh, I mean, I, I have some definitely uh, some Mexican in my background. My grandpa was from Mexico. So I have uh, some roots in that, although I don't have a lot of it now. Like I'm not in the culture right now. And a lot of my family is still in California and I, I live in Seattle. So we're not like around each other too much. But I, I mean, it didn't connect with me in that way just because I'm kind of so distant from it. But I, I heard a lot of people saying, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. And it seems like it's been really positive for you because I heard a lot of people kind of bouncing off of it, saying that the characters felt a little bit too stereotypical or like they kind of talk in that um I mean, I guess like TV way of like, they'll say like an entire sentence of English, but like two words will be <laughs> yeah, in yeah, Spanish yeah. or something. And I saw, I heard some people in my timeline who were themselves of, of uh, Latin descent saying, you know, they kind of bristled a little bit at that. I mean, you didn't think it was too cheesy. You felt like it was pretty well, right on for you. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up because like I speak like they speak because I'm obviously more, more of an Americanized, you know, Hispanic uh, um, mix, right? Uh, and so like they, they say a lot of pinga and like uh, suerte and stuff. And if if I hear that stuff and I start talking it, I start almost hearing my own accent come back to me a little bit. But when I do speak Spanish, which is, you know, un poquito, like I do sound like them. <laughs> so I'm very, very like in the minority here, pun intended, because they sound like <laughs> broken English. Yes. Yeah broken Spanish and broken English. And I'm like, that's how I sound. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the reason why I like it, but All right. also, I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair, man. That's your experience for sure. And I mean, they over, they overuse like pinga, which is dick, you know, you're like a prick or whatever. <clears throat> they overuse that. Like I wouldn't even me, I wouldn't like say it as much as they do in the game. So they're not wrong. You know, they say suerte all the time, which is like good, good luck. But the, the other thing they say is mijo. And my dad would say that to me. Right. And that's really special to me. So that one, you know, feels good. So anyways, that's just a side tangent. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think you can like really, really basically be like, oh, they're just, you know, not speaking it right. But sometimes in this like world that we're living in where, like you just said, we're kind of not with some of our family and we're not around people that we love or whatever. It it takes such a small thing, Brad, to like feel a little better. You know what I'm saying? I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, good. I'm glad you connected with it in that way. I mean, that seems really positive. So, yeah. So, okay. So that cultural connection aside, like in terms of, yeah, Yeah. aside, in terms of the gameplay, I mean, so if you're like 15 hours deep 
and this is largely like Far Cry. Do you do you agree that you feel like the it's time for the formula to be freshened up, or are you are you jamming on it, or how do you like it? Yeah, so I have pros and cons because it's the only way I could do it because there's just so much to say, and I'll go through them quickly. But the overview to the actual gameplay, yeah, the the next game has to change because I think this is like I can take one more of these, you know. And I think a lot of people playing probably say that to themselves if they're playing it, like, oh shit, we've done all these missions before. So it has to change. That's my short answer. Yes. This will be the last time I want to do this. Okay. And put that on record. I don't want to play another Far Cry game if it does what it's doing now. Okay. But I, but I will finish this one because of enough reasons, right? So uh, really quickly, the pros and cons. The graphics are pretty good. I'm kind of a snob at this point because I'm you know, very lucky to have PS5 and Xbox um, and a pretty good PC. So they're okay. You know, I love that it's 60 frames per second. That makes me feel good and warm and fuzzy, but they're okay. It's fun to be um, see the lighting in this game. The lighting's really good, and being a jungle somewhere at sunset, it's cool. Um, one of the things I didn't think I would love at all, but there's a slide in this game, and it's super fun to, like, just slide down hills. I don't know. I like sliding. Oh, you mean, like, physically, like, like actually, like, physically sliding down here? Okay, yeah, gotcha. you can slide okay. anywhere. Like, okay. it's just, okay. you have to run for, like, two seconds, and then you slide, and it's, like... If you're on a hill, it uses physics, so you can like slide down hills. It's oh, sorry, it took me like a minute to. I was like, I, for for some reason, I was like imagining like a playground, and I'm like, there's a slide, <laughs> nice. and what is Carlos telling me? Like, what is happening? Okay, no, that's in Squid Games. Uh, yes, it definitely is. Okay, I'm with you now. Sorry, gotcha. Okay, and then uh, location, you know, I like it I, again. Back to the kind of Hispanic community as well as like, I lose myself in these games. There was a party recently. There was fireworks. We were all drinking. We we're on an island. I'm riding a jet ski. It doesn't take much. That's pretty fun to do. Uh, I love El Guapo, which is the alligator friend you have. Uh, there's a bunch of different companions, but the alligator, in my opinion, is the, the best because he just goes in and attacks people for you. Yeah, you can um, send him in to like to, to grab guys. Yeah, yeah, he, and he's great because yeah. I, I already leveled him all the way up, and so he like revives himself now, and he's awesome. Uh, and then also the emergent gameplay is a pro and a con. So this game has a lot of that kind of Skyrim and you know stuff fallout whatever open world stuff where the npcs and things will do things on their own and then weird stuff will just happen right uh, far cry's always had that like a yeah. bear starts going through the the camp and now you don't have to take out the camp because the bear did it um but this one has like a lot of broken ones so one i one video i put up immediately was like people walking in the streets if cars are driving they'll just run them over like don't just even, straight kill don't them. Don't even pretend to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like straight up kill them. Like you see the person like die and you're like, oh, <laughs> that <laughs> that was in the programming? <laughs> that, that was my first clip. If you go back on Twitter, Onawa, O-N-A-W-A, you'll see. It's a guy and he was a soldier. So I didn't want him to live. You know, I was going to kill him anyhow. Right, right, right. But it was just like a little guy in a, like, a little teeny car, like beep, beep. And the guy didn't move. And so he just ran him over. Blood oh, everywhere. It's funny. Anyways, and that by the way reminds me of that game that we played uh, for, uh, with the old people from the Goat Simulator people. Oh yeah, just die already. Yeah. So in that yeah. game, the cars would never stop. That's another thing in this game. The cars don't stop. It's just weird. Okay. 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 Here's some cons. And so I said enough pros. The fact that I like the atmosphere. I'm gonna finish it. It is more of a Far Cry game. But some of those pros are cool. There's a lot of cons though. Okay. And the first one is, I had immediately put it to story mode. Because there's action mode and story mode. And this game does a couple really bad things. One, enemies respawn at times. And Far Cry never used to do that. 
isn't that what everybody and their brother loves about Far Cry 2, which is one of the ones I like the least? Everybody says, that's great. If you don't like oh. the respawning enemies, you don't love Far Cry. Well, I don't love Far Cry then because no, no. In, in all the ones I've played, the more modern ones. Yeah, the modern ones. You yes. feel good about taking out an outpost because you did that, right? And those people are now gone and you cleared it out. But I'm talking even before you clear it out and like you uh, capture it, like enemies will come back if you like leave too far or if reinforcements. That's another thing I hate. Ah, uh, gotcha. The reinforcements are like forever, you know. And if you there's one guy in a tower somewhere after all the reinforcements showed up, you haven't killed him, so it's just stuck. You know, it's like there's not you. There's another person around. You have to go kill him. So I hate that. That's and funny also, you mention that because that happened to me a couple times where I would be like trying to clear out a, a, a checkpoint. And I feel like I killed everybody and my alligator munched all the dudes and I'm walking around and I'm walking around. And there's like one dude who was like uh, clipped through a hut oh, and I nice. couldn't see him. And so I'm like, oh, he's just like standing here in the hut. And another time there was a guy that was in top of a, a guard tower, but he wasn't shooting at me and he wasn't doing it. He wasn't attacking me. He just like was up there. Yeah. And it kept saying alert, alert, alert. And I'm like, what is going on? Like this whole camp is cleared out. So, yeah, I get you what you're saying there, for sure. There's there's too much of that. The, the second piece of that is there's a lot of, like, you know, you're in trespassing mode or you're in danger mode. So the game wants to do something interesting, which is if you put your gun away, you know, enemies won't attack you generally. Right, right, right. But when you take it out, every time they even see you, they'll come after, after you. Mm, like, okay. a truck could be driving by, and you're just walking on the street with a gun, and if, it might turn around. Like... They're just way too aggro in this game. I don't know what they thought, and maybe again, like the get good, you know, kids or whatever. But it's just not fun. The, the another piece of that, almost every single encounter you do, a helicopter just shows up, and it's absolute horseshit. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm fighting in a teeny little camp. You know, no one's around. I'm like a Far Cry game. You're trying to like be stealthy and take out a bunch of people. But even before the alarms, you know, uh, sounds or something, a helicopter will show up and you got to like, you know, use a missile launcher or do something to take care of that thing. And it's just not fun. So I just don't know what they did with NPC like aggro stuff, but it feels wrong. So now that you're on story mode, is that better? It's slightly better because I can take more damage, but it's still like the enemies are still acting the way they acted. It's like I think I can take more hit points, essentially. Okay. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm still mad at it. Um, and then the, the other really big thing I'm mad at is like all these overused missions that we've all done before. Go pick up the truck, drive the truck away, and if it gets blown up, start over. Yeah. You, you know yeah. that shit. Yeah. So all those I'd never want to do in a game ever again. Not just Far Cry. Like, I just don't want to do those. So there's just so many of those missions, escort missions, et cetera. Did you notice that sometimes the checkpoints are too far apart? Um, how so? Like if you fail one of these missions that has a fail state in it, I uh, one of the reasons I noped out um, or just stopped playing and didn't come back to it was uh, I forget what mission it was. It was one of those like cookie cutter missions. And I somehow like I think the guy went aggro on me or something and I died and it sent me back like it felt like too far for me to play it again. I'm like, I just. I, oh, yeah. Like when you die, I want to be like literally five seconds before where I died. I don't want to be like 10 minutes back where I died. And I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's not 10 minutes, but. I just I got to a point of where I was like, okay, I just I don't want to be back this far, and I don't want to keep doing these bits over and over. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean, and I think that well, one clicking on story mode helps a little bit because you have like a little more health. Okay. But I had this thing that just did last night, and I was so mad at it because it did what you said. There's a stupid again. There's so many dumb missions um, 
that basically like litter what could be a good game. But it's one of those ones where they turn on the gas, you know, and you're slowly dying and you have to like find out how to turn the gas off. Yes, 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 yes. Fucking, you know, we played it a million times. But there's like four valves, you know, you have to turn every single one of them off while you're going through the smoke and dying. Yep, yep. Anyways, that one I died on and and it sent me back pretty far and I was like, oh, that might be it for tonight. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because I don't want to go through that smoke again. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that is definitely true. So the checkpoint system wrong. These are a lot of cons. You know, there's a lot to not like. Uh, another thing I don't like is there's no skill tree in any way at all. So I like empowerment in these games. I like feeling like I got better. There's two things it does against that. One, it's all about gear. So kind of like Tales of Iron. Yeah, the uh, the gear, the, uh, the armor, the pants, like all yep, the different the pieces gloves. to your outfit, the gloves, yes. They give you buffs. And if you have a set, which I hate sets in games, I never brought up, but I don't like sets, then you get an extra buff. Don't yep. care. Like, I don't want to go around fucking crafting these little things. So I just take a hit. And again, I'm on story mode. So I take you just to take the damage, you know, fuck it. Um, and, and I'm not having any fun with that. So that I don't feel stronger. And on top of that, this is one of the worst things of video oh, game. Oh, man. Do. Oh, man. As you level up, you, you know, you have a rank and it like does something. I don't even know what it does. It does something for you. Uh, the enemies will level up. Oh, they got the, the enemies that, yeah, they scale with you. The scaling they, And they don't all the time. It's like if you hit a certain number, you know, it's like, oh, you just hit six, level six. Hold on. Look at the map. And it slowly, painstakingly shows you every little camp. And it going like six is now nine. You know, seven yeah, is now ten. Yep, and you're like, yep, fuck yep, you. Yep. But like, here's the thing. It doesn't even work in the world of the game. Because how did that happen? I don't. I, I, it's a tangent. How did the characters get stronger? Because they knew that you got stronger? Where were they? They there didn't was an know email what thread that went around. I don't know if you were CC'd on that. It was an email? Yeah, they just went it around. Yeah, Did you guys didn't... know that that guy who started the Revolutionary War, he just got stronger? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell tell Bob. Up CC, your game. CC Jacob. Everybody, everybody get out the, the better armor because Carlos has, uh, has gotten Dude, stronger. That makes me so mad. Just saying it on the podcast makes me mad. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, you know, I don't want games to be a cakewalk, but like, I think there is some value in leveling up or getting better gear or somehow getting stronger and just like fucking steamrolling the dudes that were kicking you around an hour ago like that that's fun like there's there's definite fun to like dealing payback out like that and i don't want that to be completely gone yeah and it's like slightly there because like uh, last night i have two more bits then we're done with this review but last night i went back to somewhere that was like level four right and i was level seven and i handled it pretty easily and i was like that's how it should feel but then, like all the new stuff, kind of like the things that are my next, you know, story objectives, they're all upgraded now. So I'm like, fuck. Even the ones that are, you know, my story missions that would normally be a two or three, are now matching me or above me. So I think that's stupid. Uh, and last thing I'll say that I don't like is the Anton Castillo guy. You know, he is only in cutscenes for what? I'm in 15, 20 hours in this game. He just cutscenes. Mm-hmm, so you're not mm-hmm. ever fucking with him, right? He's just like, I'm also still evil. Look at me in my cutscene, and I'm untouchable. See ya. And then cutscene over, and then you're just fighting other dudes. Just got to remind you, he's still the big bad. He's got to remind you, but I don't like that. So yeah. I would love to like actually impact the story with him a little more during the thing. And my final thing I'll say a pro is that even with all that said, it's such an addictive Far Cry world to go in, see emergent gameplay, 
my crocodiles going and fucking, you know, chomping on a person, uh, explosions going off. I just took down a helicopter. I rescued three people. And now I get a cutscene where we're drinking beer or cerveza. It's it's very cathartic. And it it is still a lot of fun. So there's a lot of fun to be had there. For me, I like the Latino vibe and it's helping me there. But it's all full of flaws. And... Well. You feel like this formula is nearing the end of its expiration. It's date. ended. It's yeah. the, the expiration date is September, and it's October right now. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. They've followed a template um, for quite a while, uh, you know, with different variations. But I think they're all pretty much of a piece, which is, you know, in some ways it's kind of good. I mean, some people like the comfort food of video games, and not every game needs to revolutionize the industry. But it seems to me the the big criticism, like you've said already multiple times, is just like. It's kind of just more of the same, and I think people are kind of ready for something different. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there it All is. All right, there it is. That is Far Cry 6. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for your thoughts. And honestly, I think this is probably the end of the show. I, I think you had like maybe one quickie you wanted to mention, Carlos. You want to hit it, or you want to oh, leave it for next time? Oh, yeah, we'll time? do it real quickie. Real um, quick, real quick. And then next episode, we have two or three more uh, scary games, so we'll get more scary coming back. Yes. Uh, but before I go, just real quick, I played this like three weeks ago. I forgot about it. It's a Switch game, which again, who who is this person playing Switch games? Mm, it's not Carlos. I know that much. Well, it is, and I'm playing Creepy Tale 2 and Beast Breaker, but I'm not playing this game, so I'll just mention it quickly. It's called Mind Cell. Mind Cell? Like Mind M-I-N-D? M-I-N-D? Yep. Okay. And, and I want to like it, and I guess I'm occasionally playing it because I want a, a third-person uh, adventure game on my Switch, and I feel like I don't have many of those. And this is a third-person adventure that talks about it being kind of cyberpunky, which is what got me to check it out. Um, I think there might be a demo. Maybe that's what I was playing. I can't remember. Um, but basically, yeah, you're like, uh, you know, of course, amnesia, uh, kind of a cyber person, cybernetic person, and you're trying to escape uh, this lab that you're in. And yeah, it's like combat third-person based action game and it's kind of fun but i just realized i don't know if i can play third-person games on a switch because and i don't know how you do it but the camera is the right analog stick but on every other console that i have they're aligned with each other and on the switch they're offset the way that the sticks are actually placed on the controller on the controller and i Uh can't do that like do you really? play many games with like a right analog as the camera on a Switch? I mean, not many because most of the stuff I play is 2D pixel. But I mean, I have played, I, yeah. I have played some, and I just to me the the placement of the sticks is it is offset, but it's so minimal I don't even notice it. Well, it's literally the opposite end of the Switch. Like I'm looking at it right now, and it's the top and the bottom of the console. So like, it doesn't. My brain freaks out by it. So mm, that's what made me yeah. stop playing it, really. I mean, like, it's an okay game. It seems like a budget title, really basic, you know, action-y, cyber-y kind of game. And I think people should check it out if it's cheap or a demo. But I, I actually stopped playing it because I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Interesting. No, it doesn't It doesn't bother me at all. Like, I mean, I, I could not tell you which button was ABXY if I had to choose between an, uh, an Xbox controller or a Switch controller. I always get those labels mixed up but actually using the controller no problem i mean the sticks don't bother me the buttons don't bother me it's weird it's weird that it's such an issue for you well to my point you don't play many games like you just said on the switch where it's like third person and you're using a camera 
I mean, yeah, not many, but I have done it. But yeah, it's, I don't remember it being something that bothered me. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, fair point, though. I, you know, it's not really speaking much to the game. So, you, you know, check it out yourself. I didn't really play it long enough to know, but I just thought I'd mention it because it's interesting. And I, I don't see many third person like uh, action kind of games on the Switch. So I was interested yeah. in it. Yeah, not its strength, but yeah, there's not there's not a ton of them on there. So, yeah. All right, there we go, folks. That is a show. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, and thanks for uh, deciding that we were worth the hour and 35 minutes or whatever it is that we did today. Thank yeah. you. Because you could have you could have done something else. You could have read a book. Yeah, you could have watched could've. a movie. You could have just walked outside. Who knows? So thank you for choosing to spend it with us. And you should read books, by the way. Everybody read books. They're really good for you. But not during our podcast. No. Uh, all right. Uh, that is it. As always, please send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at SoVideoGames. Uh, we're also on TikTok. What is our address there, Carlos? SoVideoGamesPodcast. SoVideoGamesPodcast. And down the, real quick. by the way, that Cyberpunk uh, clip that we put up is, is doing crazy now. Like, there's so many people checking it out. Um, the number one, by far, in a way, uh, viewed clip on TikTok for us is the Cyberpunk one. Uh, right. I forgot what we said in that. I don't mean what we said. I don't even remember, but it, uh, it's on there if you want to go track it down, if you want to TikTok track it and down. And there'll be new clips of this show up on there um, after this podcast goes up or right before. Right on. Social media. Let's let's leverage it. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> other than that, you can hit us up individually. Carlos, do you want to pimp anything for you directly or you want to just, just... Yeah, at Carlos Rodella on TikTok. All right. As for me, same as usual. It's my name, B R A D. G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y all A's and O's. And that is going to do it for episode 254. Thanks again for joining us here. And we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Boo from Kyle. Oh, I see what you did there. Spooky. Yeah. More spooky games next week. <laughs>